Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. show you're tuned into a live broadcast i'm the pastor of the new life pentecostal church right in dickinson north dakota 
And we uh, want to invite you to our next service, which will be Wednesday night at 730. That's 501 Elks Drive. And you that are listening on Holy Ghost Radio and from everywhere else, you're just going to miss out. You're not going to be able to come. But there's a good Pentecostal church near you somewhere. I bet there is. Tonight, we've got a great program lined up, and it's going to be a special program. But, man, i got people texting me like crazy. Now, you can be part of this program, kind of, by texting me 701-290-7862. 701-290-7862. Or if you're out of the country, you can, t- you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. So far, we've got Carl and Jeannie in Texas listening. We've got Dave and his crew from Fargo listening. Uh, Brother Griffith out in Great Falls, Montana listening. We've got Lori in South Hart listening. Oh, man, they're just coming in like crazy. My phone's starting to smoke here. Hey, Stormy's listening from the Philippines. Stormy, good to have you listening all the way over in the Philippines tonight. Now, here's what's going on tonight. I've got two friends of mine in the studio that have, they're going to give their testimony tonight. And their testimony intertwines with each other. And, uh, and so we're gonna, we're gonna, they're gonna testify. Abe's gonna play some music on our, our playlist during this time, uh, sometime tonight, a couple songs. But I'm gonna turn this program. I want to introduce these two gentlemen tonight. Uh, we have Doug Fuller, and he goes to the Sanctuary Church in Bismarck. And we have John Harvey, he goes to the Apostolic Faith Church in Minot. And uh, we're glad to have them in the studio, and I'm just going to turn it over to you guys. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell, tell us a little bit about you. All right. Praise God. I just give God all the glory and for this opportunity. And uh, when I moved back from Utah, I was needing a drug dealer, and a friend recommended John That's to me. me. And, uh, and so we started, you know, I was a snow ski and a water ski bum, and and uh, marijuana went real good with that occupation that, that I was doing at the time. And John and I became good friends. We started hunting together and uh, skiing together and partying together. And, uh, you know, things got interrupted uh, after I had some children. I had two sons, Max and Jace, and the Lord started working on me. And uh, it's like I had reached... a like that reproof of life, I had reached that point, that intersection in my life where this wasn't working. And if I didn't get high, I didn't like it. If I did get high, I didn't like it. And so I knew I needed to make a change. And I didn't, I couldn't even quote you a scripture at the time. I might have been able to, you know, give you half of John 3.16. But I knew I needed to get rid of the, the pot, and I had about a quarter ounce of some stuff that John was growing and that I was using and distributing in Minot. And so what I did is I baked it up into a pan of corn muffin mix, the little dollar jiffy box, and I ate so much of it that about four hours later, I was super glued to my bed, I could not move. I could not talk. I could not wiggle my toes. And I felt the demons in the room. I felt them pressing down me into the bed. And as I'm running through my mind, what do I do? Because my two-year-old son, Max, was up across the hall. And his four-month-old brother, Jace, 
They were up across the hall, unattended, playing in their pajamas with Dad on the bed, unable to move. And so I thought, what am I going to do? Because every time I thought about possibly calling out on the name of Jesus, I felt the, the repression from the demons in the room getting me to back away. And I finally, out of desperation, out of fear, I, I, under my breath, unable to speak, I called out on the name of Jesus. And I said, Jesus, if you let me get up and get my kids to bed, I'll quit. And as soon as I said, Jesus, the repression from hell released and the demons fled and I was up. And I went across the hall and I, and I changed my boy's diapers and I put him into their crib and I stumbled back to bed. And the next morning I woke up and I did something else I'd never done before. As soon as I woke up, I rolled out of bed and I fell onto my knees and I raised my hands to heaven And I looked up to heaven and I said, Jesus, take this. Take these drugs off of me. I don't want them anymore. And I could feel them being peeled off of me. They were like a film, like a duct tape, like a cobweb that was peeled off of me. And later I read in Ezekiel 18 that the wicked shall wear their wickedness. And at that point in time, God peeled the wickedness off of me. And I never looked back. I was never tempted again to smoke, to smoke pot. And so my friend John, I could hardly wait to tell John what had happened. Well, John didn't want anything to do with it. He ran a million, a million miles away from me and and shut down his growing operation and started. And he met, met a gal that taught him how to cook meth. So he was cooking meth and distributing meth. And I couldn't reach him anymore. I tried to go and knock on his door, but he didn't want didn't to talk. And I could tell there was a change in him. There was something different about him. And then I, I moved from Minot to Watertown, South Dakota. And a friend of mine called a mutual friend of, of John and mine. And he said, John got busted. He's in the Ward County Jail. So I said, well, Bruce, could you give me the name or the address of the Ward County Jail? And I started writing letters to him on the Acts 238 message. And there were times I wrote three letters a week, and I did not give up. I just started pressing in and writing them letters. And then he got sentenced to six years, and I went up from Watertown to visit him in the Jamestown prison. And I'll never forget, when he walked through that door, what he looked like. Because it wasn't 
It wasn't the John that I remember. His eyes were drawn, his cheeks were drawn, his hair was long. And we were there for four hours together. And I said, what am I going to talk about for four hours with John? Because there's a separation, there's a gap. But as soon as we sat down and started talking together, we went from tears, we went to laughter. And just like that, the four hours were up. And I was driving back to Watertown, and I was giving God all the glory. I was praising God just out of the the idea that the John had been had been stopped. God stopped John in his tracks before before he could be taken by the enemy of his soul. And to this day, because of all of that, and because of how God orchestrated our friendship and how he changed our life because we called out on his name, because we knew, we knew that he was the answer to what we needed. And I just give God all the glory and I just, I just love Jesus, and I thank Jesus for what God has done in our lives and how he's pulled us to being addicted to speaking in jails and speaking in prisons and, and speaking the truth of God's word and being baptized in his name and being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and not backing down and pressing in to help other people so they don't have to do and and suffer the way that, that we suffered. And I just give God all the glory. John? Thank you, Brother Doug. What a pleasure to be here tonight. I uh, want to give God the glory. And uh, um, my brother in Christ has, has been such an inspiration to me and and such a uh, um, man of God that he has truly, truly inspired my life and given me an opportunity to um, to understand what uh, God's plan really is for, he has in mind for us. Um, when I uh, was a young young boy starting off, uh, uh, when I was uh, nine years old, my dad was an alcoholic and uh, he was my hero and of course I wanted to grow up to be just like him and, and therefore... Um, uh, I started uh, drugs uh, at a very early age, and uh, I refer to it as a progression of regression. I progressively regressed, and uh, seemed like everything that I had in my life only had one direction, and that was uh, self-destruction. And, of course, I didn't know it at the time. Uh, the enemy has a plan, and, of course, God also has a plan, and, and uh, the, enemy, the enemy at that point was uh, succeeding, and uh, I was uh, uh, diminishing and uh, using more and more consistently all the time. Uh, first it was drugs uh, relating to alcohol and then marijuana and then uh, progressed into uh, uh, crack, cocaine, uh, methamphetamines. Um, I had basically uh, run the gamut uh, uh, in, in pursuit of that ultimate ultimate high. Um, 
one of the uh, one of the fellows that I associated with, uh, one of my drug associated buddies, uh, he and I one day uh, uh, after being high on meth for a number of days. Uh, um, Decided we were going to go uh, up to one of my favorite spots and fish. Uh, I love I love to fish, and uh, uh, so we decided uh, uh, in this uh, state of, of drugged uh, delusionary uh, state, we were gonna we were gonna go, and, and so we got into my vehicle and uh, headed headed up to this area I was gonna fish in. And uh, when we got up there, uh, we uh, um, got out on this bridge and. Uh, um, he went down to one end of the bridge, and I was in the middle, and, and uh, um, we were not there very long, and a vehicle pulled up, uh, the only other person in the area. And uh, this little fellow got out, little guy, uh, had a long kind of a grayish beard, and uh, he he got out of his vehicle and walked up to me. I was standing in the middle of the bridge. He walked up to me and started to chat with me and visit, and um, I uh, looked down at my buddy at the other end, this fellow that I knew, and, and uh, uh, he just kind of shook his head, and, and uh, uh, I, I didn't know exactly what he meant, and uh, this fellow continued to talk to me, and, and uh, seemed like a, like a nice guy and whatnot, and, and uh, pretty soon my, my buddy on the, other, on the other end of the bridge, he gave me the, the sign that it was time to, to, to roll and, you know, and, and go and roll one up and you know, smoke some weed, and, and uh, so we went over and got in the vehicle, and uh, he proceeded to roll up a, a, a joint and uh, we headed down the road and we were smoking away and uh, getting high and uh, um, he looked over at me and he said to me he said uh, uh, do you know who that is and I, and I said uh, no I said I, I don't I don't have any idea and uh, um, like he like like he didn't hear what I just said he looked at me again and he said uh, are, you, are you sure you don't know who that 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 is and uh, I, I again I, I I said no I said I don't know who it is I don't have any idea I was a little irritated at that point and and uh, <clears throat> all of a sudden a message uh, a word came came to my heart um, I didn't know where it was from I didn't you know know the context of it but but the message was he's a confirmer not a seller and I looked at my 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 buddy in the in the vehicle and, and I looked at him and I said uh, um, uh, he's a confirmer not a seller and my buddy looked at me and said wow he said you must really be high what do you mean by that and I said uh, I have no idea um, but I said well let's let's head back to the bridge and maybe he'll be there and and uh, of course I was uh, high as all get out and I was you know joking about it and I said well when we get back there uh, I want to ask this guy that question I want to ask him you know exactly that and so we we proceeded to go back and he was standing still standing where we'd left him in the middle of the bridge and uh i walked up to him and uh uh as i walked up to him he turned and he had a real uh big smile on his face and i i as i got close to him i stopped and i said uh um you're you're a, you're a confirmer not a seller aren't you and he set his fishing rod down, and he had this this incredible, amazing look on his face. I'll never forget it. The tears started to run down his 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 cheeks, and and he walked up to me, and I I didn't know what what was happening. He walked up to me, and and he put his arms around me, and and hugged me, and and he was uttering something. I don't know what it was, some kind of a prayer, uh, you know, something of that degree. And uh, he he looked at me and step, kind of stepped back a little bit, and he said, uh, um, "Very soon, you're going to need the Lord." in your life uh it, it it's going to happen and uh about two weeks later the drug task force uh, blew the blew the front door right off the hinges of my house and and came in and and uh um uh, shackled me up took me down on the floor and and uh um went through my house 
and uh, uh, they had uh, about three or four hours uh, as they searched searched through my through my property, and of course they had come up with all kinds of uh, uh, evidence uh, that they were going to use against me in court. Um, uh, meth paraphernalia and, and meth and marijuana and marijuana paraphernalia and, and I had an anhydrous tank full of anhydrous ammonia out in my van that we were they were cooking meth with, uh, which also was was you know another felony and I had a meth lab stashed in the bushes in the backyard and and uh, one of the officers after you know three three hours four hours you know searching walked up to uh, 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 Craig Bauer who was the head of the drug task force at that time and asked him uh, uh, do we have enough and and the other officer turned and looked at him and said, yeah, we got plenty. We can put this guy away for, for years, you know, and my heart just sunk. I, I didn't know, um, you know, what was going to happen to me at, at this point. Um, um, uh, so they uh, proceeded to take me out and uh, place me in, in, the, in, the, in the patrol car to take me to jail. And I remember uh, my four uh, favorite labs were, were in the backyard, and they all stuck their head out through the picket fence, and they were looking at me. And uh, um, it just uh, broke my heart because I knew that um, what was going to happen was, was going to be um, so significant that I probably would never, ever see them again. Uh, my life that I knew it at that point was, was pretty much uh, come to an end. Uh, and uh, so they, they proceeded to take me to the jail, book me, uh, place me in a cell. Uh, it was about 3 or 4 in the morning, and they, I remember the sound of that solid steel door slamming shut in that concrete vault that they put me in. And I was sitting there in the dark, and uh, I didn't know God. I didn't know the Lord at all. Uh, I had no contact with the church whatsoever. But as I sat there in the dark, for some reason, I put my hands in the air and I cried out to the Lord, Lord, please help me. I need help now. And I felt a gentle kind of pushing as as as, as I was pushed over to the side and I, and I laid down on the side of my bunk uh, and, and then uh, the next couple of days were oblivious because I had been... Uh, high on, on meth for four or five days and, and I hadn't slept at all and and uh when I came to I, I was I was hungry and, and uh um you know I didn't know what to expect, what was gonna happen. But the Lord has a plan and that Lord had a plan for me that uh three of the fellows that I associated with they died with a needle in their arm. But and I came close many, many times, but it never happened. And I often wonder, I often think back about that. What why, why me? But God has a plan, and he had a plan for me, even though I knew that my life was going to be altered and changed. Um, I, I didn't know, you know, what the outcome was going to be. The fear that was in me was, was, was so intense that, um, uh, after, after a couple of days, one of the Christian ministers came into the cell block and, and, uh, uh gave me my first Bible that I still have. And I read it, uh, every day, every morning I get up and I pray in the morning and, and uh, read scripture and get the Lord deep inside of me. And it started to give me peace and it gave me comfort because I knew that soon I would be sentenced. Uh, and I was, I was in the Ward County Jail for eight months and then I was sentenced and I had uh, uh, a class A felony, a class B felony, five class C felony, felonies, seven class A misdemeanors. I was looking at a total of 67 years possible incarceration and uh, um, I was feeling... Uh, um, you know, extremely lost, but, but I was feeling some comfort because something had touched me in such a way that through the scriptures that I was reading that, that I was feeling, uh, something new, a new beginning. And, uh, um, 
after eight months, I was I was sent to the ward or to the uh, uh, Bismarck State Penitentiary, and uh, I was Bible studying uh, four times. Uh, a week and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but there wasn't a Bible study on Friday. And, and, uh, um, I asked one of my, one of my fellow, uh, uh, inmates who I was Bible studying with, uh, you know, what's, what's going on on Friday? There, there's not a Bible study on Friday. And he said, well, there is, but, uh, no one goes to it. It's, it's, uh, pretty, pretty much, uh, uh, something that people aren't interested in. And of course, that immediately captured my interest. And, and, uh, so that Friday, Friday evening, then I, I went down the hall to this little, little room where uh, this Bible study was to be held. And, and, uh, um, I walked into the, into the room and, uh, here was a, a gentleman standing, sitting there. He had a big smile on his face. I, I didn't know at the time. It was Mark Solberg and uh, from the Bismarck Pentecostal, First United Pentecostal Church. And he greeted me, and, and then uh, Damon and, and Jeremy came came in. Uh, Jer- Jeremy was uh, uh, didn't have any eyesight, and he came in with a big black lab leading him. And, of course, my, my dogs that I always had were labs. And so right away I felt a connection. I knew that there was something that was going to happen, something special. And about a quarter of the way through the Bible study, um, I, I said, hey, guys, I said, uh, um, we need to stop. Um, uh, I, I have to share something with you, and, and I started to to weep. Uh, and uh, they asked me, uh, you know, what what's going on? And I, and I said, and I told them, you know, what what had uh, what had happened that you know this was a study that nobody wanted to go to. And and I said, you know, um, God had a, had a, had a plan. He had me here for a reason. You know, what you're sharing with me is something I've never heard before. Um, uh, salvation, uh, 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 you know, um, you know, find. Finding, finding God in such a way that uh, turning turning our, our life over uh, to Him, repenting and, and uh, being baptized in Jesus' name, uh, you know, immersion, uh, the oneness of God, uh, the Holy Ghost, things that I, I'd never heard of before. But I could feel such a connection, such a power there. In the power, you know, is in that name of Jesus. And as I sat there, I, I just felt this 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 glow. And then they started to pray for me. And and uh, uh, when the hour was over, um, Mark asked me. He said, "Well," he said. I hope you're going to come back next week. And I said, well, I said, um, I would love to, but um, I think I'm going to be transferred to Jamestown uh, next week sometime. And uh, usually they transfer on Tuesday, and then there's a week there that uh, uh, you, don't, you don't have contact with anyone. You're, you're kind of uh, locked down, isolated from that. And uh, he said, well, it would be okay if I contacted one of our uh, sister churches over over in Jamestown and, and uh, that they would be able to make contact with you and you could do a Bible study with them. And uh, I said, well, absolutely. And I, I was I was feeling just a, a, a tremendous joy in my heart. I just leapt because I, I, I just felt this positive connection that there was something real here, something that really had uh, something special. And um, when I and I did get transferred on Tuesday and I went over to Jamestown and, and uh, um, right on the right on the bulletin board in the admin building where I was being uh, uh, you know uh, ad- administered to as far as being able you know checked in checked into the spot. Um, uh, here was a here was a notice on the board uh, Tuesday night Bible study and of course it caught my attention immediately. Well, after I had been uh, checked in and whatever, I uh, um, uh, went out to the admin building outside and uh, I walked out the door and there again God had a plan. And, and when I walked out that door, sitting underneath a, 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 a huge cottonwood tree, uh, uh, sitting around a picnic bench, were four of my ex drug dealers and. Um, 
Hey, brother, what's going on? How you doing? You made it. You know, well, they were excited and I, I was feeling, you know, not, not anywhere near as excited as they seemed, you know, and, uh, um, uh, of course, the first question they always have with the, with the new people that that come in, uh, uh, you know, uh, are you a short timer or a long timer? And uh, I stood there for a minute and uh, I didn't, you know, answer them right away. And and all of a sudden, just like on that bridge that that day that that God had spoken to me that that He was a confirmer, not a seller. God spoke to my heart again, and and He said to me, um, "I want you to tell these guys." That even though I wasn't going to see the pro board until this was in, this was in September when this happened, when I was transferred, you're, I'm not going to see the pro board until next year in July. I want you to tell these, these guys that you're going to get out of prison, out of this prison, the first part of January. Oh. I, 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 I just kind of froze. I didn't know what to, what to say. I knew that if I was going to profess this, that I, I mean, I really had to, you know, believe it. And, and of course, you know, in my heart I did. And I, and I, and I knew that what Jesus promised me was, was the truth because I knew that he could never lie. He'd always, always, you know, tell me the truth and he couldn't fail. And this was a promise that he was giving me. And all I had to do was stand upon that truth and profess this to them. But if, if with that doubt in, in my in my mind that Satan was placing there, the the amount of persecution that I was going to to uh, experience over the next six or eight months before you know before that July time or January time came, uh, uh, I you know I, I I I quick prayed and I said Lord you know I, I I've turned my whole life over to you you know you are you are now the one that I that I follow and uh, so I I stood in front of them and I and I looked at them and I smiled and I said well. I'm not supposed to see the parole board until next July, but I'm going to get out the first part of January. And they looked at me, and one of them, you know, started to make this big kind of grin on his face. And he said, oh, homie, bust it out. Man, you must be really high. You must be, you know, holding back. You must have something really good, you know, some really good drugs. Bust it out, man. You know, they shared with us, you know. And I looked at him, and I put my hands in the air, and I kind of shut my eyes. And, and I started to pray, and, and, I, and, I, and I told them, I said, um, I'll pray for you because uh, I know that this is what's going to happen. Uh, and uh, um, whether whether or not you believe this or not, I I do. And and uh, I turned and I and I walked away from them. And as I walked away from them, I, I just prayed, you know, Lord, you know, um, I I just trust you with all my heart, all my might, all my soul. And and I know that this, if this is your word to me, that that you know, I'm going to stand upon it. And uh, so uh in the in the course of the next uh 6 months uh particularly when I went into the cafeteria for lunchtime they'd have usually one or two of the big goons come over and grab a hold of me on my shoulders and, and as I was praying for my for my meal and they would press he would press down at me and and he, very loud he would go um did um did um did um did you better pray louder your god isn't hearing you you're still here and uh um uh, it it was it was you know the fear that I felt from this. I didn't know how to deal with it, and so I started to pray and ask God. and And God answered my prayer, and He said, "The next time that happens, I want you to stand up. I want you to look Him right in the eye, and I want you to say this to Him: uh, God loves you. And maybe if you'd pray with me, we'd pray loud enough. Maybe He would hear hear my prayer. And so that's exactly what I did. And after that time. They stopped. They stopped. You know this 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 uh, humiliating, persecuting. You know th- you know uh, 
thing that they were doing to me and, and I and I and I just felt such joy in my heart because I know that there again that the, the Lord had intervened, you know, he had he had given me something special and, and the, these guys they started to, to see the, the change in me and they started to sense that there was something real, you know, that was going on. Um well January came around and, and uh um they were still, you know, whenever I would have contact with them at different points in the jail just to have sport or have fun with me, they would they would uh, uh, say, hey, homie, you're still here. You haven't left yet? And uh, I, I would just look at them and just smile. And, and uh, um, uh, I just kept praying. I would, you know, every morning I would get up at 4 in the morning and pray for an hour. And then I'd read scripture for an hour and standing upon the, the word of God that, that, that his truth is just that. And... Uh, uh, the 10th of January came around, and uh, we were up in the day room upstairs in, in the admin building. There was probably two or three hundred of us, and then there was like 20 tables, you know, up, upstairs. And there were there was such noise that you couldn't hear, literally hear the fellow across from you. And and the TVs were all on, and everybody was just uh, you know having having a, a, a good time of of the day. And and uh, all of a sudden, it just got dead dead quiet like you, you could hear a pin drop and usually what that happened that meant that one of the correctional officers or the co- couple of the correctional officers of the bulls were coming in and they and they were fishing they were fishing for someone that that was in trouble somebody that had uh you know d- violated something and and usually what that consisted of was uh nothing good <laughs> and, and so uh we were watching this you know and the in the correctional officers they uh uh we were w- sitting way in the back and they they w- wove all their way through and and they came right up to me sitting at the table and um uh, i had uh, extreme favor in the jail uh the 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 uh, uh praise and worship team uh, pastor haynes I, I was uh you know involved with uh, uh their prayer team their worship team uh you know and so i had a a special green card so i really really had pretty much access throughout the prison and uh, uh when when these officers walked up to me uh and asked me you know to come with them they said you need to come with us john um I did something that usually most inmates would not do and and I and I looked at him and I said well there must be some mistake um I didn't put a kite in a request uh to be um you know brought down for anything you know or the doctor or the dentist or anything and uh the one officer looked at me and he said well I know you and I'm really not at liberty to say but um I guess for you I can and and uh he looked at me and he said well he said before we release you we have to give you a full physical. Oh, I tell you, I just, uh, I just uh, um, bounced off the twenty-foot ceiling. You know the joy that I felt. You know, in my heart was so so intense. You know, God had had just given me such a special gift. That plan that He had for me uh, had come to fruition. And I and I and I got up and and went with the officers and we went downstairs uh, into the lower part of the admin building down to the doctor's office and and I I, I went into the doctor's office and and uh, I was in there for about an hour and. Um, when I came out, there was about twenty people standing in front of the door. When I when I came out of the out of the office, and uh, the first four in the front were those drug dealers that had uh, greeted me when I first had come to 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 the JRCC, the Jamestown Prison, and and two of them walked up to me, and one of them looked at me and put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, uh, "Do you have a direct pipeline to God?" And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, "We all do." Uh, 
uh, it's free for the asking. All we have to do is turn our life over to Him and and uh, um, and ask Him and and pray and 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 He will He will uh, give us you know what it is that that we're looking for and what we're asking for. All things are possible through Him. And the other fellow looked at me and he said, "Well, um, will you pray for us?" And I said, "Absolutely." And I still do to this day. I, I've never forgotten that that time that I had that God had given me a special special gift i just uh, um two days later i was transferred i was transferred out of the jamestown prison um to bismarck back to bismarck to the transition center and uh, i spent uh, um three months in bismarck after eight months in ward county jail and uh three months in jamestown and then i was looking at another nine months in uh, uh the, the btc the bismarck transition center uh which uh, uh, you know, I had spent about 23 months total, um, you know, in the system. Um, uh, you know, compared to that 67 years, I, I, I felt I felt a special, a real special anointing, a real special touch from from the Lord. You know, that He had He had a plan for me, and and of course, you know, He brings us so far, and He just doesn't, you know. Uh, band us and say well that's that's far enough you know you don't need to go any further um you know seek me continue to seek me and i i wanted the i wanted the holy ghost uh you know uh, you know with all my heart all my might all my strength i'd been baptized uh, uh in jamestown uh, on the uh prison grounds uh in a, in a horse tank uh, uh brother matthew woods pastor woods had baptized me with his dad and uh um uh you know i had repented um uh, and uh, turned my life over to the Lord, and uh, uh, was baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, and now I was looking for that gift, Acts two thirty eight, that gift uh, of of the Holy Ghost. Uh, uh, and uh, so when I had come up out of that water, I had felt that remission of sin. I felt so clean. I, I felt so so blessed. And then, of course, when I was in in in, in Bismarck at the transition center, I was uh, still seeking that, still seeking that that uh, that gift of the Holy Ghost. I I I. I Pastor Woods told me, "Don't, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Continue to seek Him. You know, and 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 you'll 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 ex- you'll experience that gift. It it will be there. It'll come. It'll happen." Um, well, I had uh, uh, been at uh, the transition center in Bismarck for um, oh a couple of weeks, and I was. Uh, um, uh, fellowshipping at uh, the Capital Christian Church, an evangelical che- free church on the east side of Bismarck, and at Oak River Baptist Church, uh, and uh, one uh, one afternoon after uh, after the morning services were over, um, I got a, a phone call, and I was called to the office, and uh, um, here was a, a fellow from First United Pentecostal Church in Bismarck, uh, Pete McGilkey was his name. I, I'd never met him before, and. Uh, um, Pete uh, visited with me a little bit, uh, told me that uh, Matthew Woods had called him and told him that I was now uh, at the Transition Center. And uh, um, Pete invited me uh, to church to go to, to the First United Pentecostal Church. And I'd never been to a uh, you know Pentecostal church. Uh, and uh, um, I told him, you know, absolutely. So um, 
he came over to the transition center and and uh, signed some papers so that he could uh, uh, escort me out of out of the uh, transition center. And uh, uh, the fir- I remember very very vividly the very first service, first church service that I um, I was at. Um, I had gone into the church and I was sitting in the very back all by myself uh, because everybody else was up to the front of the church uh, praying before service. And uh, I, I remember as I was sitting there. Um, watching, you know, watching the people, watching what was going on. Um, the thing that touched my heart so deeply in such a special way that uh, I'll never forget it. Um, some of the little girls had gone over to another part of the church, one of the other uh, pews, and, and put their arms around a couple of the other, their, their, their friends uh, and had gathered them up. So now there was four or five of them or six of them, and they uh, were, were walking up the aisle up to the altar. And some of the little little boys had gone over and gathered up some of their, their friends, and, and uh, they had their arms around each other. And as they walked up to the, to the front of the church, I was watching this, you know, just amazed. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, here were little kids that you know without uh, you know any parental uh um you know uh direction uh were going up to the front of the church and i and i and i didn't understand at first why but when i saw them get up to the front and they put their arms in the air and they started worshiping and and, and the joyous sounds that they were making i i just i just thought Oh, this is this is absolutely amazing. I've never seen anything like this ever. It was just such a joyous moment in my in my heart. And and the the old enemy that was you know so implanted on my right shoulder that spoke into my ear that directed you know most of my life um, spoke to me and in, 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 in loud and clear. He said, uh, "Don't don't walk out of this place. Run." He said, "These are nothing but a bunch of Jesus freaks. You don't want to, you don't want to be here. This this is you know you want to get out of this place as fast as you can." And I knew right then and there, Jesus had placed me in the right spot. And I and I sat there and I started to pray and thank the Lord for for blessing me in such a manner that you know to God be the glory. I, I just I just couldn't believe it. You know the the special special joy that 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 He had given me now at this point in my life and and. Uh, um, very soon, um, I, I, I didn't know it, but the, but the rest of his plan was was coming together. The, I call him the great orchestrator. You know the way he orchestrates in our lives, the the things that he puts together for us. You know we we, we just don't have any idea at the time. You know we're we're praying for something and it doesn't seem like it's happening. And you're wanting something over you know in in the opposite direction, and God is sending us the other direction away from it. And before we know it. Um, He's got us on a bus that's taking us back to the spot that he wants, that you wanted to be in the first place, but he wanted you to go, go and get, you know, get on the bus and meet somebody and, 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 and testify to him and witness to him to, to share, share God with them for, with a special purpose, a special reason. So when I, when I had gotten, you know, to that point in that church, um, I was working at a furniture store just a few blocks away and, and the, the manager, uh, who was, who was a wonderful man, uh, who didn't, you know, didn't church, didn't, didn't do anything like that at all. I told him, I said, you know, I, I really would like to be able to on Sunday leave, you know, at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock to go uh, to the church service and I can call a fellow who will come and get me. And this man knew of my history that, you know, the 23963, that was me, you know, uh, an ex-con, you know, and he had he had given me a job, given me an opportunity uh, at his furniture store. It was Slumberland. And uh, 
So um, I called finally late in the day this one particular Sunday. He he'd, he had me stay for some reason. I, I didn't know why. Uh, it was almost four o'clock, and he, finally he said, "Well, okay, go ahead. You know, call." Uh, and we, you know, we weren't busy, but God there again had a, had a plan for me. And when I went back into the into the into our our break room, and I'd gotten my coat and and. Uh, um, Gotten my Bible and whatnot, and turned and walked out. the The very front of the store uh, was all lit up with flashing lights. Uh, uh, it was it was like Christmas. It was all all the flashing that was going on, and we had an atrium in the front of the store that was was a sectioned off area where you came in the doors first into this atrium area, and then came in through another set of doors into the into the into the furniture store. But but there was glass, so you could see completely in glass and close. So you could see you know into that atrium, and and as I got closer. I could see that there were there were uh, fire trucks and, and rescue squad and, and police uh, barricaded off the front of the uh, the front of the store and and uh, I walked up and as I got closer I started to pray because I knew something was happening and I looked down in the floor and and here was a little young boy probably ten twelve years old lying on the floor on his back with these two paramedics working over the top of him and he was convulsing severely and he was I could see that he was foaming at the mouth and 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 just just at that moment behind him through the doors Pete McGilkey came walking in and Pete saw what was going on and he walked off to the side and I saw him slowly raise his hands and I, I saw his lips moving you know and I could see that he was praying and and I got closer to the door so I could hear what was going on and and uh, um Pete all of a sudden dropped to his knees and slid over to the little boy and placed his hands on this little, 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 little body and started to pray in Jesus' name by his stripes. Be healed by Jesus' name, by the power of the Jesus. Be healed. The little boy just sat up instantly and got up off his feet. The paramedics stepped back. They didn't know what had happened. They couldn't believe their eyes. And the little boy looked around and spotted his mother and she ran over and picked him up and hugged him. And Pete just stood up and he he just had such a, a humble look on his face. He just had performed such an act of God, such a miracle. And I got to witness what had happened. And I, and I thought to myself, praise the Lord. What a plan. You know, I got to witness this this ultimate moment for God, you know, to God be the glory. And Pete looked at me and he, and he, and he quick visited with one of the officers and said, uh, you know, I need to get that guy out of here. You know, we need to go, we need to go to the church. And, and the officer, um, he, uh, said fine and he opened up the door and and uh helped us out and we we went through the the maze of of rescue vehicles and out to the to Pete's vehicle we went uh and got in the vehicle and headed to the church and Pete he he didn't say a word and and uh, I just I just I just couldn't believe it you know I didn't know what to say and and I and I was praying thanking God for for what had just happened and what I was what I had just witnessed and and uh um when we got to the church uh, we went into the sanctuary and I laid my bible down and and uh, everybody was up to the to, uh, to the front to the altar, and I walked up to the to the altar with with Pete. And and when I got up to the front, I put my arms in the air and I started praying because I just felt such anointing, such a blessing, uh, you know, from what I just experienced. You know, I knew God had a special special plan for me this day. That I, not only what I just witnessed, you know, His wondrous works, but but uh, 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 several of the brothers uh, had placed their hands on me and started to pray for me fervently. And and all of a sudden, I felt. Uh, 
uh, a hand on my forehead and, and it was Brother Morris from, from Valley City and, and he started praying for me and he said, Brother Harvey, he said, do you want to, f- you know, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now? And, and, oh, I said, oh, please, Jesus, you know, in Jesus' name, yes. And I, and I started to pray and, and I, and I felt this, this, this massive, just, uh, um, Heat uh, come over my come over my whole body from my head down to the bottom of my feet, literally, and I felt like I was I was ascending, you know. I and I and I and I started uttering something that I that I didn't know what 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 it was that was happening, and and I was just seeking God, and I was feeling such a special anointing, and I don't know how long this went on, but when I know when I finally had come down, uh, you know, into literally into my body again. Um, I, I was so tired, I, I, I couldn't hardly stand, and, and I laid down on the platform, and, and, and Brother Hussey, Pastor Hussey, came over, and, and he had the mic in his hand, and, and he said, Brother Harvey, he said, would you like to share um, with, with, with the people, you know, what you just experienced? And, and I said, oh, yes, I would. I said, it was, it was amazing. I, I, I just, uh, I've never experienced anything like it. Uh, you know, I've pounded every type of substance in my body, you know, to get as high as I possibly could. I said, to the point where I just about died many times and, and you know had just tried to reach that ultimate climax that ultimate high but I never ever experienced a high like I just experienced now the gift of the Holy Ghost that was so powerful you know what God had given me was such a special gift such a special anointing I, I just felt just uh, Totally, totally so transformed at that point. It was so real, uh, that, uh, that I couldn't deny, you know, what had happened to me, what God had done, you know, for me through this, through, through the, through the time that I'd spent seeking Him, you know, in prayer and in fellowship, that, um, faithful and obedient, you know, that, that's what, that's what it takes and, and, and searching His scriptures and, and, and reading them and praying and, 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 and submitting and, and asking God for, for His, for His wisdom, His guidance, His understanding and, uh, at that point in my life i've i've never never ever looked back i've never felt you know a diminishing point in my life ever where where i truly would have to say that uh um god is is not given me and fulfilled you know everything that he has promised me in my life but i but i know this that he didn't bring me this far uh, uh for 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 a reason just to 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 end it there i know that 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 he has you know, more, always more that he wants to give me and wants to bless me with. And it wasn't because I was so special. It's because, uh, so that he could be glorified. And I just praise and I thank him. Thank him, Jesus. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. If you're just tuning in, we've got a couple gentlemen in the studio, John Harvey, who was just speaking, and earlier Doug Fuller. Uh, and I, I just want to give a shout out. There's a lot of people that have texted in tonight, 701 290. 7862 is the way they've been doing it. We've got uh, just, I'm not going to name all these names, but a lot of people have been are texting, listening. Many of you that have said that this is exactly where you were. Sounds like me. Carl from Texas, uh, Stormy, said, sounds like me. Sounds like me. But um, we're going to play uh, just a little bit of a song, and, and I mean just a little bit of one, kind of get our wits back. We're coming right back at you, the Tell Like It Is radio show. <laughs> A bottle in his hand Another broken life Another wasted man He lost his home and family Two years ago in May That's the day he bought a heartache 
Everybody, you've been listening. You are listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Got a special program going on tonight with some some fellows that uh, that have some history together, uh, from drug addiction and drug selling to now they're both apostolic um, people that are witnessing and living for God. I've got to just do. I do want to do a shout out to uh, One Armed Dave out in Fargo. He said he's got ten people out there listening, and uh, and I, I we've got. Uh, Brother Doug going to do a rap here in just a second for you guys. But the uh, uh, I want to just give you some uh, information about how to get a hold of us. Wednesday night, 730, the New Life Pentecostal Church. That's our next service. We've got a, um, a man named Joseph Conroy going to be preaching. It's going to be great. 501 Elks Drive. This number we've been giving out, 290-7862. That's my cell phone number. You can get a hold of me that way. If you need a ride, you need any more information. Sunday mornings, we have church at 10 o'clock. Sunday school, 11 o'clock is our worship service. Tuesday night in Beach at the Community Center, we have a church service at 730. Thursday night, down in Bowman at 223rd Street Northwest, and or no, that's the one in that's the one in um, I'm sorry, that's the one in uh, Beulah, two two thirty or 223rd Street Northwest. They have Sunday service at ten thirty, and then we have our uh, church in Bowman, which is right on Main Street, and they have a Thursday night seven thirty service. You, you want any information on that? Two six four zero seven seven zero. I'm not doing as good as as Abe does on this, but I'm doing all right. The um, you know this program we didn't know exactly how it's going to turn out, but it's been good. And I want uh, we've got Brother Doug here who was working at a school and started a Jesus Club at a school, so he he learned how to do some rap. So this rap's going out to Dave listening in West Fargo. Go ahead, Brother Doug, and just tell us a little bit about that or do it. All right. So it's more of a rhyme than a rap, but. Uh, 
So he's the one and only blessed potentate wanting you to walk through that pearly gate. Now, don't you hesitate. Don't you be late for your glorious eternal fate. You might be chilling, but God might not be willing, depending upon what you're grilling. Because I know, because I was running the rail, drinking the ale, laying on the shale with an empty pail in the belly of the whale. Drugs and alcohol were setting up my fall, and I called out on Jesus, and he took my habit because I couldn't grab it. He's the king of glory, and he changed my story without a glitch, glitter or even a Twitter. He changed me from sinister to minister, and I told the devil, I'm done being your homie. I'm finished being diminished with your phony baloney. So I'm going to give Jesus a standing ovation for his salvation that changed my situation from desperation. So you give him a call. He doesn't want anybody to fall, and that truly is straight up, you all. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Yes. <laughs> That's Doug Fuller, and he's uh, going to the church, the sanctuary church in uh, in Bismarck. <laughs> That's good, man. That's some good stuff. We've got, um, I just want to throw this out, too. Uh, a lady named Yvonne, uh, who is a lady we met in our nursing home, or the guys from our church met in our nursing home a while back, just got baptized in Jesus' name. Yvonne had a stroke. It was quite a procedure getting her into that, that pool to baptize her. But, Yvonne, I saw that today that you were baptized in Jesus' name. She just texted me, and um, we're excited about what God's doing in her life. I'm going to have, uh, we've got just a few minutes left. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, 701-290-7862. You can text me still. You can call me during the week. But I'm going to have both of these gentlemen pray for our listening audience before we close the program, and I'm going to have uh, Brother Doug go first. All right, Lord, I just want to give you the glory, and I just so thank you, Lord. I so thank you for what you've done in John's life and in my life. And, and, and Pastor Bob, too, he coming out here, he's a, he's a busy man for Jesus. And I just ask you, Lord, to lift him up and to give him strength, to give him guidance, Lord. I pray for the South Dakota District. I pray for all of you Holy Ghost-filled, Pentecostal people who know that this is that, that there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and I'm going to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered unto the saints. There's only a 1.0 version, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, to bless the people that are lifting up your name in truth, Lord Jesus, and to bless the whole country, Lord, to, that, that America should be blessing God, not expecting God to bless America, Lord. And I just lift you up, and I give you all the glory, and I ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, Heavenly Father, what a great, great, great evening we've had here tonight. The truth that you've given us that's deep in our hearts that we've had an opportunity to share with those people that are listening. I just pray that there was somebody, somebody, just even one person, that... that Receive something special, a, a, a special anointing, a blessing that is so deep, so so real and so true that, that it will touch them in a special way that will give them the opportunity to uh, seek uh, uh, a presence with you, Lord, that you would uh, uh, have an opportunity to do in their life what, what you've done for me, that ultimate plan, that ultimate opportunity, you know, for salvation. Uh, we just pray that that's the, the most incredible, most awesome time that they've had, that they were able to hear the real truth, the real meaning and purpose of what God has, you know, for each and every one that's faithful and obedient, you know, in their life that they've surrendered and turned it over to Jesus. I just uh, thank you again for for the breath that you give me every day, every time, every moment that I have during my my waking hours that I that I think of you and I pray to you and and 
pray that, that you just continue to, to work and bless, bless all of us in a special way. Keep your hand upon us and keep us hungry for your word and seek, seek the truth, the truth of Jesus. The truth will set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening tonight. Uh, and I want to thank John and Doug both for being here with me tonight. And I will just say this before we uh, close out. That if you're listening tonight, and I know it's not just a drug problem, but we got two men here in the studio that both had severe drug addiction problems, both of them been living clean for many, many years. And I just want you to know that God will do that for anybody that wants it. Yes. And I'm one of those people also. But I just want you to know that it's um, you're not too far gone. Uh, God can help you if you surrender your life to him. So, Lord willing, we'll be back next Sunday night for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Until then, God bless. Get a hold of me. If you live in this Dickinson area, we want to see you at church. We'd love to have you. Good night, folks.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.